It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are finally here, so coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, Michael Levin, TV writer and co-host of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, joins the show to preview the four series tipping off Monday. Jazz Nuggets, Nets Raptors, Sixers Celtics, and Mavs Clippers. Listen to those details right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, hoping you guys had a great weekend. Well, the NBA playoffs are getting started with game one of four matchups Monday. And to join me to talk about all things NBA playoffs right now, we've got Michael Levin, TV writer and co-host of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. It is uh, it's an exciting time. Feels like a long time coming, but here we are. Uh, yeah. A lot of ball, a lot of ball happening. Yes, finally, finally. Now, of course, for Wizards fans listening, we wish the Wizards could be in this conversation um, as they saw their NBA season come to a close last week. But there are four games Monday, four games Tuesday. Let's get started with the first of the eight that we get to see play out. The Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets. We've seen the Nuggets at times have historic lineups with all these players, including Nikola Jokic, that are 6'5 and taller in their starting lineup, redefining the, the, the positions on the floor in a different way. And then the Utah Jazz, of course, having players like Spider, um, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Go- and, and just so many players, Rudy Gobert, that really highlights his roster. Talk to me about this matchup here that we're seeing. Well, it's interesting. Not, neither team is really at full strength. Um... Utah just uh, just came out today that uh, Mike Conley had a kid and had to leave the bubble. Um, and so they'll be without him. And then Denver's been without Will Barton and, uh, and Gary Harris. So they're both kind of shorthanded. And, uh, and the Jazz also missed uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is out for the year. So it's, like a, it's kind of like a missing odd pieces of trying to put them together. But these teams know each other super well. Um, Gobert Jokic is always a fun matchup. And... Uh, Denver has an interesting wild card in like Michael Porter Jr., who is like not a guy I super believe in. 
Um, but he's been hot as hell in the bubble, and uh, and we'll see if if Michael Malone trusts him enough. So it's gonna be an interesting series. Both teams that like have a lot of highs and lows, I'd say. Yeah, and it's it's great you bring up Michael Porter Jr. because he's a player that's coming into the restart. When you t- think about Denver, probably wasn't the first name that you were thinking of. You know, you think of the Joker and you think of Bol Bol. And, and now we think of Bol Bol, too. He's another one, actually, I should, should say. But those two, Bol Bol and Michael Porter Jr., really have had a breakout yeah, time kind of, here in the bubble. Like, right, taking like, their career to a whole new level. Yeah, kind of like out of necessity because there weren't many other other guys there. It's interesting. Um, it'll be tough. I, I wonder how quick of a hook uh, – Mike Malone will have for those guys because he's a pretty as far as coaches these days go he's pretty uh strict and sort of like doesn't have much patience with deciding how long he leaves like rookies and young guys out there but they're gonna need those guys they need they need shooting bowls interesting I wonder how much he'll play but uh it's a it's gonna be an odd an odd matchup I'm gonna be watching so much basketball it feels like I'm on the precipice of just (laughs) mountains of basketball like marathon together so I'm, I'm almost like looking over a cliff at it but uh I'm, I'm excited for this series in particular two good teams yeah yeah and you know I've been jokingly saying it but it's the truth I feel like I'm binge watching sports right now like yeah, I am just, <laughs> we're making up for all lost time where <laughs> I know I've been watching hockey with the Stanley Cup playoffs basketball of course now as we're getting into the playoffs for the NBA and WNBA watching both watching soccer what just so much going on um, the Champions League in soccer. It's just exciting to be able to binge sports 24-7 again. But it's a lot. It, <laughs> it feels like lot. we should have been like weaned back into it. And I kind of nope. just went in just with both feet. I haven't – I watched that – the one hockey game that was like five overtimes or oh, whatever. yes. We I, I turned that here. I turned that on in the fifth overtime, and, and they scored within like two minutes. And I was like, great. Got my hockey in. That's fine. <laughs> and I can, I can go back to basketball uh, for the rest of this thing. Yeah, there. I feel like sports came back in a way that just has shaken the world because not only were we missing it, but they've come back way more exciting with games like the five overtime game that we saw between the Lightning and Columbus. It's just been insane across all sports, all that's been going on. Um, but looking at this matchup, you know, a three-six matchup for both conferences is, and actually for all of the matchups that we're seeing, for the most part, you really can't put your finger on who's going to walk away with this easily? You know, it's not as simple as, oh, it's going to be a sweep or, you know, they're going to win in five. This is definitely one of those matchups that you look at and it's like it could honestly go either way. So I'm definitely curious to know. We talked about some players to keep an eye on, but what's your predictions, early predictions, before game one even happens, how will this series finish? Um, I, f- I feel like Denver's the better team right now, especially with Mike Conley out. He hasn't been excellent this year. Um, I think he's been a little bit better in the bubble, but – um, I think Denver's a better team. I think Jokic is a really, really special player and just surrounding him with a bunch of guys that can shoot and, and be dynamic defensively. I think they'll, they'll have an easier time on both ends. Uh, neither team I really trust to go much beyond this, but I would say, uh, especially with Conley out, I would say probably Denver and six is probably what I have them at. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm hoping for some, some nice solid series. Sweeps are always eh, kind of boring. Yeah. So looking at a series that could potentially be a sweep as we get into another now an Eastern Conference matchup, the defending champs, the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, of course, have been surprising a lot of people in a, in a good way. I know I was watching them play thinking, wow, imagine what they're going to look like when they do get back KD and Kyrie Irving and, and have those two pieces healthy. 
looking at, at what Karis LeVert has been able to do and just as a young scrappy or just hungry group of, of guys that much like some other teams was under the radar coming in. And although they're in the bottom of the East, they're making a lot of noise. So you, looking at the Raptors Nets series with game one tipping off at 4 p.m., who's, who are your players to watch? I know Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry have been lights out for the Raptors. Who's the player that, or players that you think will make the most difference in this matchup to help their team compete and win? Well, Toronto's really good, and it's, it's crazy how good they've been even without Kawhi, and I think for a lot of the season, people were kind of just waiting for them to fall off. They kind of just never did. They're just a really they, – they're a bunch of guys that can do a lot of stuff. They can all play defensively. They can all handle the ball a little bit. There's enough shooters to hang in there. They're really well coached, and there's, like, continuity on that team. These guys know each other really well, and they, and they develop guys really well. Um, but Brooklyn is a, is a bunch of guys who, you know, especially without Dimwitty and uh, a couple other guys that didn't show up to the bubble, people kind of wrote them off. But they played hard, man. Um, Jacques Vaughn has them playing really, really good basketball. They, they should have beaten, honestly. They should have beaten uh, Portland in that game. That would have sent the Suns yeah. into the play, in which I, I actually really wanted. Um, but Karis LeVert's been playing lights out. Former Sixer, uh, Timothy Luau Cabarro has been playing really well. Um, Joe Harris is always very, very solid on, on both ends. My question with, uh, with Brooklyn is, aside from Jared Allen, they're pretty thin up front. And between Serge Ibaka, Marcus Stoll, Pascal Siakam, Toronto has a bunch of guys like that. So uh, I wonder if they'll point. be able to hang. But uh, I, I think Brooklyn is like playing hard enough. Like Toronto is not – there's not many times where people are playing – harder than Toronto. But I think because Brooklyn is kind of playing with we have nothing to lose, kind of just go for broke energy, I kind of think that they will at least steal a game. Hmm, okay, okay. Now, I, I could definitely see that. I know, you know, on paper it looks like it could be a 4-0 sweep, but I think that Brooklyn's going to be able to squeeze out and literally just muster together a win at a pure work ethic. I do mm-hmm. think that Toronto is the more talented team. Nick Nurse has them playing like a well-oiled machine. They are mm-hmm. like on both ends of the floor just <laughs> – so organized. And then, of course, you have players like I mentioned, Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry that are playing on a different level. But just to see this team out to prove that without Kawhi Leonard, we're still a top team. Still had a better record and actually a better record in the regular season. Um, but showing that, you know, we are the defending champs for a reason. Yes, we're a little different without Kawhi, to say the least, but don't count us out fully. And then for the Nets, watching that game versus Portland, you know, that final shot to me was that shot of, we're already in the playoffs. We it would be nice to win, but we don't need to win. So let's try yeah. something here, you know, because that that play itself is like that's the final look you're going for with no, CJ McCollum on you. Yeah. Especially, I mean, he he was getting to the rim all he wanted all game, and, and he, he, for him to take a step up, step back twenty footer, like you don't practice that shot. You take nah. you practice that shot like step back threes, like on the wing, whatever it is. But like a step back twenty footer, I get like I get wait, running the clock down. You don't want to give Dame another shot, but. Get to the rim like you've been doing. At least like get into the lane, have like a exactly. six footer instead of the. And you have yeah. an injured CJ McCollum on you. Right. You times winding down. He had, as you mentioned, been doing it the entire game, finishing with thirty-seven points. I mean, he was basically able to score anything he, he took to the rim. Yeah. And then that it was like, ah. but the only thing that was the most uh, disappointing for me in that whole uh, play-in way it played out was that I actually was really looking forward to a Suns Trailblazers. Playing. I know. No knock on Memphis. I'm, you know, John Morant did a heck of a job getting them 
to that point and and just being so close to getting into the playoffs. But a Suns Trailblazers matchup with the Suns going 8-0 in the restart would have been incredible to watch. Devin Booker, who's been, like, on fire. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, Dame Dollar, who's also been two two of the best players in the NBA restart going at it. That's they what just we needed. <laughs> yeah. Portland just can't cover anybody. Like, they just don't right. play really any defense whatsoever. And so Dame has to score, like, 50-some for them to be in the mix. They're a really good offensive team. Nurkic is really solid. Uh, and Melo's hitting shots. And CJ, when he's when he's not hurting too bad, is, is obviously a really good offensive player. But they just – I don't – we'll get to this. But I, I don't think that I, – I would like to see the Suns there because they were playing such good, balanced basketball mm-hmm. on both ends. And – uh and I also like, you know, Portland's been there. Like, give me, I like, a, I like a taste of the young guys, like getting, getting a shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could not agree more. I think that um, it would have been nice to at least see the Suns get to that play in game, you know, and I think they're a team that could have given the Lakers a run for their money in the first round. I think the Trailblazers will definitely give them a good, tough series. Yeah. That's why, you know, we'll get into that series actually a little later. I won't to- talk too much about that, but coming up, actually, let's get into one of your teams, the Philadelphia mm. 76ers and the Celtics. And we'll get into that right here on locked on wizards. Let me ask you guys something. Who else gets annoyed every day come lunch or dinner time, wondering what am I going to eat? You don't feel like cooking. You've got a million emails to read. You've been busy with work and swamped and you have so much going on and your stomach's growling and you don't know what to eat. Well, let DoorDash take care of your next meal if you want. Chinese food, pizza, froyo, anything you have taste for, you can order it through DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. And there are thousands that are open for delivery on DoorDash that you can now call, order, and now let them do the work for you. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on them, and now they're counting on you. So while their dining rooms may be closed, and maybe you don't really feel comfortable going out to get food, or you just don't feel like getting off your couch and changing out of your pajamas, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering's easy. Just open up the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely right outside your door with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. So with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos. Anything from restaurants, Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, you name it, they're on DoorDash delivering contactless to your front door. So call right now, and anyone that's listening can get $5 off, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked on NBA. So don't forget that's code locked on NBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here on Locked On Wizards, joining me to break down the first round matchups for the NBA playoffs, we've got Michael Levin, TV writer and co-host of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Now, Mike, we already talked about the first two games Monday, 
the Jazz taking on the Nuggets, the Nets Raptors. And now let's get into your team, the Philadelphia 76ers. One of the first four games of the playoff round, one matchups that we're talking about on Monday. And we've got to get into them. I'm sure you've got plenty to say about the 76ers. But let me just say this, a familiar matchup in the playoffs, Sixers Celtics. We know what happened last time they played each other in the playoffs. The Sixers landed on the wrong side of the series on that one. But here they are yet again. And then with no Ben Simmons, what's going to happen with your Sixers? Sorry. Well, it's, no, it's okay. <laughs> well, it's weird because uh, two years ago, it was Ben's rookie year and Bede's first time in the playoffs. Uh, totally different team. But they had won 16 straight games to get to the playoffs, and they beat uh, Miami in the first round. And then they played the Celtics without Kyrie, and everyone everyone really just assumed the Sixers would keep steamrolling them. The Sixers at that point went from like fun, scrappy, upstart team to like holy sh- holy crap, like they're good now. Like they are, they they're a playoff contender right. now. And I think that was a little premature. And those that Celtics team ended up beating the Sixers in five. It was a closer series than that. A couple, two or three games like wound like went right down to the wire. Um, but I think it's a similar thing now. I think. Boston without Kyrie sort of simplified things for them. And I think the Sixers without Simmons, even though they'll be way worse defensively, their defense really is anchored by Embiid and, and everything surrounds, uh, sort of revolves around him and, and him protecting the rim. But I think on offense, it really will simplify things for the Sixers um, and just allow things to be a little bit more free-flowing, a little bit more like Embiid in the post, kicking it out to shooters, spacing the floor. All that stuff. So I, as there was a Jalen Brown quote that said, like a lot of people think the series is over because Ben's not here, but those guys are good, and I think that uh, this this is definitely going to be a good series. So uh, I'm definitely not writing the Sixers off. They are an extremely frustrating team, and they will never do the thing you expect them to do. Um, <laughs> but I, I I have a weirdly good feeling, and that and even having that good feeling gives me a bad feeling because that's that's what being a Philly fan is like. Yeah, (laughs) that is definitely what being a Philly sports fan is like. I could agree with you there for sure. So looking at the Sixers coming in, as as you touch on with Ben Simmons being out, it it is a very similar type of Sixers team. You know, essentially back then the thought process and what the the common um, conclusion was after watching them lose that series, when as you mentioned, there were definitely a few games the Sixers should have won and could have won, but some mistakes down the stretch and – Whatever you know. Else. Well, if you if you remember, there was the uh, there was the game. Marco Bellinelli hit a shot. Yes. To tie it at the end of regulation, but the person operating the confetti cannon, yes. at the Sixers <laughs> Arena thought it was a three and thought the Sixers had won on that shot, and so they hit the confetti cannon uh, for <laughs> for a tie game, and then had to spend like the like they did postpone overtime while they were uh, cleaning up the confetti on the ground which is yeah, just adds which, to the the lore of this rivalry right here and literally sums up the fact that the sixers were just so not ready i mean even <laughs> down to the game day even the confetti person, guy wasn't <laughs> even ready the to confetti play. was not ready uh but then it was an inexperienced group and it was oh you know they'll be back they needed to, they needed this to learn to grow to be better next year next year here we are two years later we're still saying next year and the sixers now find themselves at number six and as you mentioned, they, they are a group that for any Sixers fans, it's like a roller coaster ride. You never know what you're going to get. They sometimes will wow you, and, and you'll see Joel Embiid have a double-double and play incredible, and then sometimes eh, they just won't look so great. But yeah. I know there has been discussion around some starting lineup changes, and specifically Matisse Thybul, uh being someone that's put into the starting lineup for the Celtics series. You know, How do you think that this 
rookie, I mean, he, he doesn't even play like a rookie. What he does defensively as with steals and being one of the best in the league, not only just as a rookie, but overall with steals, you talk about that defensive side, there you go, could solve some problems on the defensive end. So what changes do you think? That is the change that makes a difference, or is there something else that maybe head coach Brett Brown can do for this group coming into the Celtics series? It's interesting. I, I actually don't think that they're going to start Matisse game one. I think they're going to stay with, uh, stay with Horford, and I think they'll give um, either Horford a shot on either uh, one of the wings, one of uh, Gordon or Tatum or, or Jalen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that Matisse is great, and he's an excellent defender for a rookie, one of the, one of the best like, defensive rookies, especially on the wing that, that has come to the league in a long time. But he's just like – he's such a – still very raw offensively. He can hit a little bit of a catch and shoot three. He's actually opened up his passing ability a little bit more. He's a pretty smart cutter, but like when he has the ball in his hands, you're just, you're just not getting much out of him. And he doesn't provide any real gravity uh, for the defense to like, feel like they have to cover him and stuff. So I I think the way that Matisse is at this point in his career, and hopefully it'll, it'll, he'll keep growing and stuff, but at this point in his career, I think he's much better served coming off the bench, sort of being a, like a spark plug defensive guy, which you don't really hear about much. Usually it's a spark plug offensive guy. Um, and I, I'd rather have the stability of, a, of Horford and, uh, and try to overwhelm the Celtics with size and, and rebounding and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Al Horford going up against his former team, and you know what you're going to get from him. I do think that maybe bringing him off the bench just can help be a spark where needed versus having him in a starting role. But Looking at the Celtics, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, who's been playing out of his mind as well, Jalen Brown. I mean, do the Sixers have what it takes or, or how many games do you think the Celtics take to knock them off? Well, the Sixers have been shooting really well in the bubble. Um, I think they have the percentage-wise, they're, uh, they're the best three-point shooting team since they got to Orlando. Um, they're not, I think they're also the, taking the fewest threes per game. Um, which makes sense because they also post up Joel Embiid more than any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think that there needs to be a lot of, they need to hit shots. And if they're not, if they go cold, I think the last Celtic series, they shot like under 30% um, from three, uh, then they're not going to win and it's not going to be close. But if, if that shooting continues, if Alec Burks hits shots, if, if Tobias hits shots, Mike Scott, then I think we'll start to feel like, they have a chance, and as long as you have Joel Embiid, who I, I still think is the best player in this series, you, you give yourself a shot. Um, I think my the Sixers part of my brain is always, uh, has sort of multiple personality disorder because uh, the Sixers themselves have, have that. Um, so I, part of me wants to be like, Sixers in five, we're going to overwhelm them, and, uh, but also, or maybe Celtics in four, and they, they just they give up. It's, it really could be. If you told me wow. any any reaction to this series, uh, any any result that actually happens, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, including obviously, which the Sixers are are used to, uh, many injuries. So I think there's a my my the like narrative part of me thinks like, well, Simmons is out. Everyone wants to talk about breaking and beating Simmons up anyway. So wouldn't the most obvious thing be Simmons isn't there and B plays really well. The Sixers actually go far in the playoffs without Simmons. And then that, that talk continues. So that's, that's kind of where I've landed on, but so you have no I'm predictions. Also, whatsoever. None, no, Whatever no. Happens, I have every prediction. <laughs> You're ready. Every single prediction is mine. 
<laughs> any any way this goes, whatever happens. I'll, say, I'll take prediction. credit. I was exactly correct. That's right. <laughs> that is actually very accurate as to the fact that you, I think you hit it right on the head. We kind of know what we're going to get from the Celtics. It's just a matter of which Sixers team is going to show up. And yeah. will they show up to win four games? You know, are we going to see them show up one game and we get and Sixers fans get their hopes up and then we don't see that team again and they end up losing in five? Or can they consistently, and we've seen the Sixers struggle with consistency. We've seen them struggle with mistakes down the stretch. Um, Also, you're having, you're going against one of the best coaches in the league in Brad Stevens. It's, there's a lot of questions there. But regardless what happens, do the Sixers, excuse me, let me backtrack. Does Brett Brown need to win this series to remain a Sixers coach? Or do you think that if the Sixers are knocked out in the first round, that's the end of Brett Brown? We've been seeing a lot of coaches get fired across the league so far. Already Pelicans coaches out. Bulls made a change. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more. Will the Sixers make a change on Brett Brown if they don't get past the Celtics in round one? I think so, yeah. I think I think even if they do beat the Celtics and they and then they lose to the Raptors, I think there's still a really good chance that that Brett's gone. I think he's he was a great. He's been here for seven years, which is which is pretty wild to think because of how much turnover there's been since he got here. Uh, the the people that have only been like it's Brett and MB that have been here almost since the beginning of the process, and and, and Brett was great for for during those process years when things were bad, and he just had to be like a be like a rock for this team and. And have a and be kind of the front facing guy in the organization and take a lot of hits for for being that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they, he he like really helpfully brought guys along and and developed some guys early on in, on on his tenure, including like Robert Covington, T.J. McConnell, right. Jeremy Grant, Jakar Sampson, Rashawn Holmes, like all guys that are succeeding elsewhere. Um, a lot of those guys didn't start succeeding until afterwards, but I think I think it's it's sort of a thing that's just kind of run its course. And and Beaton Simmons. Uh, he has not figured out a way, I, and I also blame the front office as far as like maximizing their talent together. Brett hasn't found a way to really uh, make it work consistently, especially in the playoffs with those guys. Um, and, I, and a lot of it is the is the pieces he was dealt. Um, but I think at, at this point in their careers, it's like there's only so many years you're going to have these guys, mm-hmm. these two like two way superstar potential guys. And I think it's everybody kind of feels. Brett was great. We appreciate Brett, but maybe time to upgrade and just get like a new voice in there because it has, it has been a while. And, and if, if this is the plateau, then it's, then it's time to sort of get some new blood in there. I could not agree more. I think that this right now is a great time to make some changes. You know, as you talk about, it's, Brett Brown's been with the Sixers for a long time. It's def- and it's definitely just time for a new voice and some new, new decisions to be made in terms yeah. of, you know, how the team is being coached, how the team is being run. I do think that with, if you're going to have Joel Embiid on this team, it's, there's going to have to be somebody else that's, that's leading this group. So we have seen, you know, as I mentioned, Alvin Gentry is out for the Pelicans. Jim Boylan is out for the Bulls. Who knows, Brett Brown could be the next, one of the next coaching changes that we're seeing across the NBA. But we've got to get into our final series matchup for Monday. And this is one that I am honestly most excited to watch for the first round matchups, the Mavs Clippers. So coming up right here on Locked on Wizards, we're going to get into Luka and the Mavs versus Kawhi, Paul George, and the Clippers. Let me tell you guys about the delicious treat that's going to allow you to snack healthy. That's right. You can do both. If you know me, you know I have a sweet tooth. I enjoy cupcakes, cookies, brownies, 
all the sweets. And Built Bar actually has delicious flavors. Let me just run down some of my favorites. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, yes, caramel, not caramel, and peanut butter brownie. Delicious. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're healthy. So it's great if you are on a keto diet or working to lose or maintain weight, you can do all that while snacking on a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and I definitely recommend Built Bar. So if you head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your next order. Now you can save money, eat healthy, and eat delicious. Doesn't get any better than that. So go ahead on over to BuiltBar.com and try the best tasting protein bars. And I can guarantee you from me to you, you will not regret it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on Locked on Wizards with Michael Levin, TV writer and co-host of the Rights to Rookie Sanchez podcast. We've already talked about the first three games of Monday. Let's get into the final game. Dallas Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't, this is insane to me that this is a first round matchup. Just yeah. talk, it just goes to and shows how strong the playoffs are this year. That we're seeing this as a first round matchup. It's just insane. This is two versus seven. What? <laughs> like, but Luka Doncic has been playing so incredible for his second year. We didn't know if it was possible for him to have so much growth after an incredible rookie season, but he has, and he has been showing that he's one of the top players in the league. And of course, going against one of the top players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Clippers, a team that has a a lot of potential to win a championship. Your thoughts on this, on this series and um, players to watch that maybe we're missing, you know, it's easy to look at Luca, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but, some other players that are going to really have to, A, be healthy, Patrick Beverly, but also uh, find their ways to to help lift their team in this series. Yeah, I mean, it is an incredibly good first-round matchup. Dallas is Dallas has statistically the best offense of all time, which is pretty staggering to hear uh, as a stat. But as far as efficiency goes, as far as like points per possession, they have the best offense of all time. Um, and that's wild. And they obviously like have a lot more difficulty defending. Um, but anytime that you're the two seed, you think that you've got a nice little pretty cushy path to, to getting to the conference finals. And you have to face in the first round the best offense of all time. It's not, not an easy path. Uh, Luke is very good. And Porzingis has been really maximized in that lineup. And so I think it's going to be a tough matchup. And I don't think the Clippers are going to walk all over him. I do think that the Clippers have played and sort of carried themselves with a level of confidence that like hey when 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 it's like when it counts we can turn it on and i think that because Kawhi won a championship last year and they have just a lot of scoring options between Kawhi and paul george and then and then lou will off the bench and trez if he's uh if he's i think i think he'll be able to play and break quarantine and stuff uh for game one um 
but I so I think you got to feel good about if you're the Clippers, but it, it's also going to be like a kind of a dogfight of a of a matchup. I as far as guys to that people don't really talk about, I love uh, Maxi Kleba on on mm. Dallas. He's like a six eight, uh, very athletic. He's from Germany. He's like 27, 28. Um, he can shoot threes. He can defend. I think he'll probably spend a lot of time covering Kawhi, and he's really long and and physical and more athletic than than I think. Uh, people expect so I really like him a lot I think he opens up the floor some um, Dallas also has Seth Curry who's uh, an excellent shooter and an excellent like scorer out of uh, off the bench a lot they, they bring him off the bench sometimes um, but the Clippers are just so deep and and they have guys that can play both ways like when you when you have Kawhi and Paul George and Marcus Morris with like Trez back there to be a dog and like Papev in front of you to be a dog and just like you're just getting people in your getting into your body mm-hmm. everywhere um and so i think it'll they'll bump luca off their spots um i i i think there will be a t- a game that the clippers just win by 40 and it, it becomes a like oh well this is not even going to be close but i think dallas is is confident enough in their scheme tim hardaway jr also a good offensive player that that they will just like drop a 130 points on them one game and, and it'll make it a series. So I, I would say Clippers in six would be my prediction, but I think it'll be for the most part, a really, a really tough six. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things that you hit on is for as great as we've been seeing the Mavs play in the restart and it is all season long, you know, I, I just don't think they have the depth and the, the talent that the Clippers do. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a shootout for, for one, but they're going to have to find ways defensively to match up with the Clippers to slow them yeah. down. And I, I, I do think that's where they're going to fall short. Um, of course, the, in my opinion, the Clippers are just, the, they're just an overall top to bottom better team. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned with players like Seth Curry, it's funny with this is the only Curry in the playoffs. So the Curry family only has one person to root for, for once. That's right. Um, but, you know, just looking at the players that they have, a lot of solid role players that can find ways, whether it's Seth coming in scoring or, or whoever it may be, but Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic are going to have to carry a lot of the load for this series. And they're never going to have any down moments on both ends of the floor. They're going to be matched up with, they're going to have guys getting into them. The Clippers are going to run players at them left and right and really force them to have to take on the ownership of leading this Mavs group against them. So I just think that it's going to come down to the fact that the Clippers have more talent, plain yeah. and simple. You know, they're th- kind of they're they're more experienced. They've got you know a lot more depth. You've got Doc Rivers, who's going to just honestly key in on Luca and just make them as uncomfortable as possible. And he's not going to let the he's not going to let Luca beat the Clippers. Maybe one game. I could see I could see it being a five game series. But the Clippers are just going to continue to just run player after player at them and just honestly exhaust the crap out of them until they <laughs> until they win the series. So, you know, I, I do this, just think it's insane that this is a 2-7 matchup because of the fact that Dallas has had such a tremendous season. And it's very encouraging for them moving forward. You know, when you look at certain teams like Dallas, like even Denver, um, looking at the, the youth that they have, looking at how much potential they had, the Suns even as, although they didn't make the playoffs, but looking at the future, it's, it's insane to see this next generation of players that are 20, 21 years old, look like babies out there. Like John Morant looks like someone's son, but is out there and honestly just causing havoc 
So I think this is just going to be a game where it's going to be a, a – they're going to take their lumps. It's going to be a great experience for the Mavs moving forward to be back next year and be able to have that year under their belt of, of being in this series. But I don't see the Clippers making this any more than – at most I could see a six-game series. I don't see it going seven, but it's 2020 stranger things have happened. That's that right. I, I think the – so weirdly Dallas has had – when Dwight Powell got hurt and he was he was basically playing their starting center with with Porzingis, mm-hmm. that sort of left them with, well, we don't have a traditional center anymore, so that's going to hurt us defensively, and he was a really good lob threat for Luka. But what they do have now is a ton of shooting around the perimeter, mm-hmm. and nobody really that plays. I, I, I doubt that Boban's going to play many minutes. Um, so they have guys that just like, we're, we're just going to be shooting all around Luka. And so if they, if Porzingis... And Tim Hardaway and a guy who actually is a good defender who will spend a lot of time on Paul George, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, plus Kleba and Curry and, and Trey Burke, who was on the Sixers to begin the year. If those guys just like all get hot from three and, and make it so that, you know, Kawhi in the, in the Sixers series last year with Toronto, obviously that was the one I was paying the most attention to and the one that broke my heart the most. Um, he doesn't <laughs> love to, when, it, when the game, when it gets like thick and like tough, in the guts of the game, he's not really looking to pass. He's looking to like right. look his guy down, play in the mid range, and stay there. And he's not an excellent volume shooter from the outside. And so, if Kawhi all of a sudden has to go one on one and put the team on his back for whatever reason, th- and he's going after like twos and getting the line and everything, and Dallas just keeps hitting threes, then all of a sudden that that becomes a deficit that's hard for them to to make up for. So, it, it, I think it'll just count on. Luca getting to his spots and driving and kicking all the time, and Porzingis and Hardaway and, and Steph Curry and all those guys hitting enough shots to make it to make it interesting. I could not agree more. I'm excited. We get Game One starting with our first matchup, the Jazz Nuggets at 1:30. I'm interested to see how your predictions pan out. You had Denver winning in six, Toronto winning in five, Sixers Celtics. Whoever wins, you're correct. <laughs> it could be anything. Whoever I was wondering what you were going to say. I was like, what did I say? All of it. Okay, yep. that's right. What exactly? Whatever happens, you said it. And then for the Clippers to win in six. So, Michael, let people know where they can follow you to keep up with your work that you're doing, and to continue to follow. Excuse me, all of your coverage. Yeah, I have a I have a Sixers podcast which is called The Rights to Ricky Sanchez that I do with Spike Eskin. Um, we will we will be uh, podcasting after every Sixers game uh, in the playoffs until we uh, pass out of heat exhaustion. um and uh and you can follow me on uh twitter at at michael underscore levin Uh, and that's uh, i think that's it yeah awesome awesome well thank you for joining us here on locked on wizards game one gets started unfortunately wizards fans no wizards in the playoffs but plenty of action to watch throughout the course of monday and tuesday and michael will be back tomorrow to discuss more around tuesday's matchup so thank you guys for listening hit that subscribe button and continue to follow us for more daily updates here on Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Let's let the fun begin. Washington out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 